This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined with my co-host, Steven Russo. Another win. Two and two, baby. How we doing, Steven? Hell yeah, man. I'm feeling great. I'm uh, obviously wicked excited. Um Jets pull off a great win. I think uh, obviously every uh, every Jets fan out there has to be uh, super pumped after yesterday, just the way that it turned out. But uh, feeling good, man. How are you, dude? It's it's crazy. Like it, it's it's a lot of the same emotions that I was feeling during the the Browns game, where it's like I thought the game was over like five times, and like fire everybody, and I'm I'm gonna own it. I know that like I was giving up on them. Like I was, people in our Slack were like kind of giving me crap for being so negative. I, and I'm going to shout them out because they never held out hope. You got Dalvin, you got Will, you got Tyler. They all were saying, why are you being so negative? The game isn't over. It's just, it, until I saw, I see the consistency, I'm going to continue to be negative. But man, Zach Wilson, it wasn't pretty, but man, did he step up. I was, that was the best quarter he's played as a Jet. Better than the Titans. Yep. Better than, um, I guess. Tampa. Yeah, better than Tampa. The man was down 10 points. And you know what's the best part about this? A lot of people were saying if Zach Wilson played in that Browns game, he wouldn't have been able to bring them back. Well, I would say that yesterday he proved that if he was the quarterback at that point time, he's capable of doing it because that was hell of impressive. What was the what was your favorite part about Zach's return, obviously, other than just getting the win? I think it has to be just the response from the way that he looked in the second and third quarter, particularly in the third quarter. Um, You know, I have some, I'll get into Zach in a minute. I have some kind of overarching thoughts. I wrote down, I got four bullet points here that I want to share. We can obviously dive in. I'm not going to steal any thunder or anything, but first of all is we all, every Jets fan out there would have 1000% signed up for two and two before the season started. There's no one out there that wouldn't have, especially considering, you know, the gauntlet that we thought we were going to have to run through. So coming out of the AFC North being two and two, getting those wins on the road in the fashion that we did absolutely would have signed up for it. And the Jets are not. And at this point, you can't complain about how they got there. So regardless of how the wins looked, you got the wins, you're two and two. I obviously, I think all Jets fans kind of want to see that like signature win here from, from Sala and co, which I think will come, but at this point you take them any way that you can get them second. And we'll dive into Zach Wilson here is there's no way the Jets win that game. If that's Joe Flacco at the helm. Absolutely not. Zach Wilson was how much he was running around. He only was sacked once. Joe Flacco was probably sacked five times, probably fumbled at least once. If not (laughs) at least five times, at least if not more. Yeah. So Zach Wilson had an incredible game and it's nice to, to finally be able to say that he was like the reason that they won. I mean, his fourth quarter was undeniable. It was great. He looked poised in the pocket. He commanded that team back. And, and like I said, to kind of, you know, start off this segment was the way that, you know, we've seen this movie before and to have him look the way that he did earlier in the game after getting off to kind of a pretty quick start in the first and early in the second 
but to come back from that and, and really show poise and to bounce back and to rebound the way that he did was, was super impressive and something that every Jets fan's got to be excited to see. My third point is I think there are two types of Jets fans, Stephen. There's those like us that were cussing the team out, saying, I've seen this movie before, saying we've seen this in 2018 versus Cleveland, uh, firing everybody, saying we're ready for dra- the draft now. And then there's liars, because I know that every single one of you were doing that along with us during this game on Sunday, because we all thought this was not going to, there's no way the Jets were coming back. I mean, we've seen this time and time and time again. Um, And then my fourth thing is that everyone here, all fans, you guys are absolved of cussing out this team. Whatever you may have thought, written, tweeted, texted, said out loud, whatever, you're absolved and you're welcome back, obviously, because I know I was doing it, man. If you go back through my receipts and my texts and tweets during that game on Sunday, boy, it was uh, it was ugly for a little bit. But I'm glad they came out on top. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's part of being a fan. Like, you're yeah. not that, – that's the emotions of, like, you know, the ups, the downs. Because, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, they had a good first quarter. I mean, Zach was, like, okay. I think he started out 4-6, and then he obviously struggled until the fourth quarter after that. I mean, we were all super excited. Number one, they had a first quarter lead, which I think that that was the first time all season that they did, which is like just a lead, any lead. First, well, yeah, <laughs> first quarter lead, any lead that wasn't the last twenty two yeah. seconds of the Browns game, and then we do we get to see some a fun trickery with their own Philly version of the Philly special with Zach catching the touchdown, doing the gritty, which was great. Um, I love the meme that the uh, the, the social teams did of him grittying yes. all over, which was great. They've they've been on their A game, so credit to them. Um, so yeah, like it was just very like a mixed emotion, but like we could, we could go back to this, but like the game did change as soon as Carl Lawson gets that unnecessary yes. roughness call or rough in the passer call, whatever it was, you could obviously say it's, you know, subjective, but like, that's what they call in the league. I mean, obviously I think all half the time those calls are BS unless it's like blatantly obvious that the guy is at least like a second or two done throwing the football. And then the guy gets hits him or he's out of bounds and hits him and stuff. But that was just one of those mistakes that you said to yourself, the Jets cannot afford penalties like that because it allowed Pittsburgh to kick that field goal instead of being uh, 10-3 at half and getting the ball, it's 10-6. Obviously, the Zach Wilson interception, which was a terrible throw, why Jeff Smith is in, the, in that spot is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, you know, they still had a halftime lead, which was nice. But as all Jeff fans, like you said before, we're thinking about when Kenny Pickett comes in, it's like it's 2018 Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, whatever. But you know what? The Jets defense grew up a little bit. Obviously they had some penalties and obviously they gave up a couple plays here and there, which is fine because you know, it is the NFL. They're going to make some plays. They never let down. And I think of that one play when I think it was uh, Fryermuth or somebody got the ball could have probably scored if he was in the right position, but they stopped him. And then obviously it allowed them um, to like keep, keep holding on and, and burning a little more time. But like at least they didn't give up and kind of just mail it in. Um, obviously Pickett had two QB sneaks basically from the one yard line, but overall, I know he didn't have any balls that hit the ground because he was 10 of 13 and he had like 120 yards and three interceptions. They did a good job on him. They made him, you know, the three bad picks he had, you know, they forced those. I mean, credit to the secondary, the biggest, the biggest guy that I want to give a shout out to, because we've ripped them the first three weeks, even in the Browns game, LaMarcus Joyner, man, two interceptions. (laughs) What world are we living in? And he had that unbelievable pass breakup early in the game, which I thought was easily going to be, I think it was Pickens that was going to catch that ball. So 
he deserves a game ball. Obviously, Zach deserves a game ball, but Joyner was tremendous. I mean, same thing with Sauce. I mean, you look at the advanced stats with PFF. The guy is just money. Like, him and DJ yeah. Reed are awesome. Like, this is the best corner duo that we've seen since the first iteration of Revis and Crow. I don't care what anybody says. The second iteration obviously was okay in 2015. Obviously, Revis was good. Cromartie wasn't as good anymore. And then, obviously, Revis fell off a cliff the next year. But, man, these guys are awesome. And the best part is they're young. Yes. Sauce is, what, 21? I think DJ Reed's, like, 25. Like, this is exciting, man. You got young corners that are actually really, really good players. And it can allow this defense to operate the way that they want to because – you need that those defensive ends, you need those nose tackles to get home. Mm-hmm. And Quentin Williams, I want to give him some credit. I know he didn't like necessarily come up in the statue, but he had a, a couple of nice tackles. He was all he over sack. The you got a sack. He did. He did. Yeah. But that one play when Pickett actually threw like a deep ball, he destroyed him. He was mm-hmm. right there, but he had a great game. He was very disruptive. And I know we've said that we feel he's overrated, but credit to him. He responded after, you know, a week of frustration, you know, with the coaching staff and hearing his coach basically saying that he's like out of shape for lack of a better phrase. So credit to the defense, credit to Zach Wilson, but man, Brees Hall, baby, like (laughs) thank God Michael Floyd got that memo to start handing him the ball more because we're only scratching the surface what this guy can do. And I can't wait to see when he has one of those big 70 yard runs because it's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it is coming and it's coming soon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot to unpack there. I think uh, when you go back to the original, uh, kind of your original statement there, and what this team overcame, specifically the defense, right? Like, for a long time, we've all been saying, you know, pretty much everyone in TOJ, but you and I have been saying, I've been writing that the Jets just aren't a good enough team to overcome some of these mistakes. And and honestly, I mean, on Sunday, they did. And that's kind of insane and, and equally as impressive. And when you think about some of those things, um, as well as some of the like uh, bounces that kind of just went in the Jets' favor, which really never do. Um, it's it's honestly awesome, and and hopefully you can kind of this is this is part of the way where you really feel the tide turning. But when you look at you know you mentioned it the, the loss and roughing penalty to end the first half, um, or and you know to give them three points before the first half ends, uh, the Wilson INT that happens just before that that really gives away three points for the Jets, the Mosley late hit. You think about, you know, Pickett comes in in the second half and clearly, like, even though he didn't play well, that that stadium just erupted. They were ready for it. It's one of the <laughs> toughest places to play in the it, NFL. It absolutely is. That's like one win there, 2010. Yeah, <laughs> I know it. And so even – and on that first drive, right, so the Steelers deep in their own territory and they decide to go for it on fourth and one and they get it with Kenny Pickett. So they're on their own, like, 32-yard line. They go for it, they get it with Kenny Pickett. And then that same drive is the is the interception where Lamarcus Joyner tips it uh, on a deep clay pool pass and 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 Whitehead picks it off, which is just those are some of the things where they stop the tide from turning in the in the Steelers' favor a little bit there to kind of you know weather the storm. You think about some of these other things though that typically like never happen in in the, in, in the Jets' favor. First, the Deontay Johnson touchdown that wasn't right. That was as close of a call as you could make where. If he's if that's ruled a touchdown on the field, I don't see if they overturn that. You got another one, right? The, you saw you saw his foot hit. The I'm just listen. No, you're I not know, wrong, but it wasn't a touchdown. They got the it, call. I, I I agree with. Listen, man, take your a uh, 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 ten thousand foot view here. I'm just saying those are the types of things that typically don't go in the Jets' favor. They're just close calls, right? Even the Zach Wilson throws the ball away. You got Minka Fitzpatrick on the sideline, almost toe taps for that pick, right? Doesn't gets out of bounds. Um, you talk about the Corey Davis catch 
on the last drive that the Zag, that the Jets get up and 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 quick snap, right? I don't know if that's a catch or not. Honestly, the 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 hard the, to tell. Yes, crew didn't. It was hard to tell. But you know what? The that, Jets have always had that on the other end of the spectrum, where the, that, the team would hike it and they would never. Get and that's exactly my point: is that's that coaching. these are things that are starting to go in their favors, you know, especially in this game where it's like those things don't typically happen for the Jets. So kudos to them. Kudos to them for, for bouncing back. Kudos to the coaching staff for having this team ready. Um, I mean, I was just about done with uh, everybody in the organization <laughs> around three o'clock on Sunday, but they pulled me back in like they always do a hell of an impressive win, man. I was, uh, I was beside myself excited. Yeah. You actually also forgot the last touchdown, Brees Hall. They could have yeah. easily overturned that. that. And they it's, didn't. <laughs> it's a very good point. I mean, that's what I think we all saw that. Like you thought he was over and uh, to, to actually, even though it was a touchdown for him to fumble, but for Tyler Conklin to fall on it so that even if it wasn't ruled a touchdown, they still would have gotten the third and goal try. Like that's just all things, man. It just kind of felt like the juju was going in our favor that day. Yeah. Um, I, I want to give the coaching staff a huge shout out and credit here because obviously I've had my issues specifically on the defensive side of the ball, but the one thing you could say, and you, you don't, you don't necessarily have to feel like, you know, Sal is definitely the, the right guy to lead this team going forward. Although I will say after these two comeback wins, I'm starting to feel much better about it and getting more conviction about what I felt about him when they hired him. This team plays their ass off for him. They don't quit. We've seen time and time again, whether it was Adam Gase, it was Todd Bowles, it was Rex Ryan, unfortunately, at the end. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. But in the end, um, Mangini, you could you could name the coach. Probably Parcells is the only one they probably were also kind of like always playing hard for him because, you know, he's one of the best coaches of all time, arguably yeah. like top three. They don't quit. And that is so important, especially for a young team, because I don't know if they win this game, if – you know, they didn't have that experience against the Browns. That is literally why they were able to win this game. They are a young team that said, why not us? We did this in Cleveland. Let's do it again. And everything you heard, especially I think Brees Hall said this, like right as uh, they're about to go on the last drive on offense, Zach Wilson says, let's score an effing touchdown. Like they, they love this guy. Mm-hmm. And anyone who was going to tell you that he wasn't the guy, it should be Joe Flacco or Mike White, whoever, if like those guys are playing well, this is the guy, this is the captain, this is the franchise um, that you could say what you want. And he was not good in the second, third quarter. I will say it. He wasn't, but there were obviously some things working against him. Patchwork offensive line drops, obviously, you know, just wasn't ideal. A lot of throwaways. Cause if you actually look at his PFS stuff, he actually graded out a lot better than you would think, but you know, what matters the fourth quarter the end result, and both those things were good. 10 and 12, touchdown, like 100 and what, 30 yards. He was money. I I don't know. I was trying to think about this. I was hoping I would have the answer. I don't. When was the last time you think a Jets young quarterback, so I'm not going to say Fitz, because I think Fitz had some comebacks in 2015. When was the last time a Jets young quarterback who was either a high draft pick, probably Sanchez, I guess, now I'm thinking about it, had a fourth quarter comeback like that down 10 points. When was the last Sanchez. time? It has to be. Sanchez think... 2010. They had three games in a row where they were down and came back. Honestly, that Houston Texans game comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, 2010 at home. I mean, they were up big and they let the Texans back in um, take a, to take a lead. And then the Jets like crazily 
down, you know, three points or, or, or whatever, four points with like uh, 40 seconds left, marched down the field and scored to San Antonio Holmes. But Sanchez had some magic in him in, that, in his, in his second year. That's, yeah. that's 2010. That's 12 years ago. Yeah. Gino had obviously the one against the Buccaneers, but honestly, he's lucky that they had that Different. unnecessary yeah. off this call that essentially helped him. Sam never had one, unfortunately. Like, I couldn't tell you if he did. Like, I feel like when they went on that hot streak of going 62 down the stretch, they benefited on playing bad teams. And it was never yeah. like a double-digit comeback that was imp- improbable. They just won the games. And, like, obviously, things go into their favor. And, obviously, Zach didn't have any last year. So, it was like, maybe we maybe there is something here. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say Zach is the definitive franchise quarterback, but – that's a huge test for a young kid. He's, you know, he's 23 years old. It was the first time he's really had a big spot because think about it last year in the games that they won um, the Titans, he obviously was good, but they weren't down double digits like that. They were actually down double digits, I think to the Bengals at one point and Mike White brought them back. So maybe, okay. So I, I missed that one, but I have to think <laughs> about it a little bit more, but the point is, is that he was money. Yeah. He was, his reads were great. He was making the right decisions. And I have to say, despite the fact that he struggled early on, I felt like he had a command of the offense. You could sit like, and I'm sitting here watching with Chelsea's dad. He obviously coached football and he's telling me, he's like, he felt like he wasn't playing that poorly. It's just obviously a lot of stuff like with throwaways and pressures and everything. But he said in the last, in the fourth quarter, he was very comfortable. He was doing everything he was supposed to do. And you know what? He wasn't trying to play hero ball. That was the biggest thing I have to say, other than probably the interception he threw before the half, he was playing within structure. Like he mm-hmm. was doing the things he was supposed to do that LaFleur has instilled in him, you know, in terms of mastering this offense in year two. And that's has to have, that has to have you feeling really good as a Jets fan, because we were all just like, he kept trying to make the big play instead of just trying to do what like the right things and run the offense. So I feel really good about it. And I think he's only going to get better. I mean, for 250 yards. I mean, obviously the completion center wasn't completion percentage wasn't great, but I think it's adjusted is like 72%, which is a hell of a lot better. I mean, listen, you could do, you can make all these stats up, but the point is, is that he stepped up in the fourth quarter. He led his team back down 10 points and it was just fun, man. I it was a really, really fun experience despite the fact that I wanted everyone fired probably midway through the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any way that you don't come away from this game at least feeling encouraged about Zach Wilson and what could come for the rest of the season. Coming back after a, <clears throat> obviously a long layoff and a much anticipated second year, but after a you know a significant knee injury that kept him out the first three games, and let, you know, let's not make this up. I mean, Pittsburgh is a tough place to play, and I don't think the Steelers are going to be world beaters this year, but. They're not a bad team either, and they play teams tough. I mean, they've had three games decided by, you know, uh, four points or less. Uh, they played Cleveland tough on Thursday night, um, even though they came up, you know, what, 10 or 12 points short. Um, so let's not act like they're, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, whatever, the 08 Lions. Like, they're, they're not. They play teams tough, and that's not an easy place to play. Um, and he's honestly playing behind a makeshift O-line. Uh, credit to AVT for sliding over to left tackle and doing a hell of a job doing what he did, but then playing what? The third and fourth quarter with Connor McDermott at uh, at right tackle. And, uh, you know, really it's not easy. And he, he stood in there after getting pressured time in and time again. Um, 
and really, you know, looked down the barrel of a gun and delivered and, and had a, a hell of a fourth quarter bring this Jets team's Jets team back um, for the win. So you can't come away being anything less than impressed and encouraged with the way that Zach Wilson handled this game, uh, especially the fourth quarter and coming out with a W, man. That was uh, it was a great first game back for him and a great win for this team. So, again, this is, you know, same story from the Cleveland game. I think we obviously all have to learn that one game doesn't define everything. I mean, this could be a roller coaster of a season similar to the way that, uh, you know, 2013 was. Uh, That's kind of what I think back to is they would win close ones, then get blown out, then win a close one, then get blown out. But, um, you know, hopefully this can turn into one of those – you know, motivating wins that kind of sets them in the right path. And uh, we'll see what happens next week against Miami, but I hope that they can at least play them close and not lose by double digits at home again. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny when you think about it, they are two and zero on the road and get one of their own building, which is like very, very weird in the NFL. Cause it's yeah. always just like winning, you win your home games and, you know, maybe get a cup, steal a couple of road ones. And that's how you can really have the path to success. Mm-hmm. But listen, it's, I'll take wins. Doesn't matter where they are, how they come. A win is a win. It does. There's no style points. And you know, Jets are two and two. Yeah, they are a game behind both Buffalo and Miami. If they, you know, I, listen, I'm not saying that Buffalo is going to lose and they're going to beat Miami, but they are going to be tied for first place in the division, which is crazy to think if that happens. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's just we asked for this. They gave it to us. This is they're on schedule in my eyes. I mean, like, look. We don't know where the season's going to go, but you can't sit here and tell me that this couldn't, this may be, you know, a changing of the guard of them being a doormat because they're probably 0-4, 1-3 if this was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're not. They're showing that they're a legitimate team with some young talent, which is another reason you should be super excited about. Credit Jermaine Johnson, man. He's kind of slept on. I know we were super excited during the trade-up. The guy has one, has one and a half sacks. He had, a, he had a half sack in the opener, and then he had a great play in this game. And they they were all over Mitch and Kenny, and it was great to see. And that, that was one of the things I was impressed by, specifically when Trubisky was in, because that's one of his best strengths. I know he's not a great quarterback, but they did not allow him to beat them with, it, beat him, beat them with his legs. They were mm-hmm. good about that. And it kind of stems back to uh, the, the Baltimore game. They haven't allowed mobile quarterbacks – to really just like beat them with their legs. It's going to be different when they play Josh Allen. It's, you know, I feel like he's going to inevitably take them out, but I like what I've seen in, the, in that aspect from the defense, because that's the way the, the game is played today. There's guys who are just making plays out of the pocket. Um, so I'm going to pass it to you and say, who was you think you're the unsung hero of this game? I want to, I want you to do that. And then I'll think of mine. The unsung hero. Um, that's a very good question. Um, can I say, I'll, I mean, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I'll say two and I'll say just the safeties. Yeah. I mean, LaMarcus Joyner and, and Jordan Whitehead both had a uh, hell of a game. They came under intense criticism. I think Jordan Whitehead kind of first week was shot out of a cannon. I think a lot of us came away impressed. I think that injury really kind of hampered him in the last few weeks, but uh, Joyner has been in everyone's doghouse since week one. Um, and they both obviously came up big. Um, I think the safety play really, when you, when you couple that with just, and you alluded to it before, but the safety play coupled with the secondary or coupled with the corners and how DJ Reed and sauce Gardner are looking. I mean, that was um, really a big, big difference in this game. So 
Uh, getting that tip pick away from Claypool, um, even the early on play that Joyner made to bat the ball away from George Pickens, it was a deep ball from Trubisky. That was a huge play, and you kind of wonder what the game looks like if he doesn't make that play. Um, you know, you kind of expand on that with just the secondary in general. Uh, you know, Sauce just looks – he looks every part of, of that number four overall pick, man. I mean, he is just so good. But unsung heroes, yeah, I'd probably say the safeties, and I think they uh, they had a bang-up game and were uh, really an integral part in the, in the Jets coming out on top this week. Yeah, right for this one. So Corey Davis would be the unexpected, um, yeah, you know, very good strong game. player. But the unsung hero to me, Elijah Vera Tucker, who is mm-hmm. also the best <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the best player on this football team. Think about it. This guy was initially their left guard and they, they signed Lincoln Tomlinson to move him only to the right side. They have lost so many offensive tackles and now Max Mitchell's out. Thankfully it's not season ending. So we probably will see him in a couple weeks. Nobody has any idea. And there was a picture it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Of him um, during pregame warmups of it looking like he was actually lining up at tackle. And all of a sudden, he's playing left tackle. He does have experience doing that in college, so it wasn't like a complete unfamiliarity to him. But man, that versatility, he's 20 games into his NFL career, and he's played three different spots and been good at all of them. He's the best player on this football team. He's, he should be getting you know Pro Bowl, All-Pro recognition this year. The guy's tremendous did a great job in a tough spot because this team wanted no part of Connor McDermott playing. And then when he came in for Mitchell, obviously he had that, uh, I think it was illegal man downfield penalty. And he just obviously was getting blown by. I think as time goes on, you know, I think, I think Dwayne Brown has a really good chance to play this week, hopefully at least. So that way they can ease that back in. Um, but I also think a guy like maybe a Bwehi or Remmers is probably going to be playing over uh, Connor McDermott because they just need some time to get acclimated to the system. But AVT, man, we said this, you know, this is like a thing that we're talking about on our show. We're talking about this with Badlands. Will's been talking about it since like they were essentially uh, before 2021 because they needed offensive line help. This guy is as good as a guy as a guy you could have asked for with the 13th pick or a 14th pick, whatever it was. The trade up is worth it. I know we all made the jokes about Seth Walder and saying that it was a terrible trade up. The guy's tremendous. I'm so happy he's on this football team and he's only going to get better. He's so young, but just like, it's great. I, mm-hmm. I, I, he, to me, he looks like he could be what the Brickenshaw Ferguson was for this team for a decade. He could be better too. That's the crazy part. Yeah. I mean, it really, um, credit to Elijah Barrett Tucker for being able to really do this without any reps at, I mean, I think he said today that he was kind of taking reps on like 
practicing on his own. Um, really, Asala, you know, gave him the heads up that this might happen. So credit to him for being able to, be able to go in at left tackle, arguably the most important, really, in all reality, the most important position on the offensive line. Um, and fill in and, and not give up any sacks and only like three pressures. I mean, that's insane. Insane for them to do that. And it begs the question now, so what, what do the Jets do, you know, this week with their offensive line? I mean, they've already been playing musical chairs uh, like crazy here. So why not just continue to do it? So if Dwayne Brown does return, do you slide Elijah Vera Tucker over to right tackle to, to force yourself to not have to play McDermott and then, you know, keep Herbig at right guard? I mean, that seems like probably the best – you want to talk about getting your best five available out there on the field. That seems like it would be it. You hate to have to move AVT again, um, but honestly, he's proven that he could do it. So that may be the answer, but it'll be uh, interesting to see um, against Miami. But I fully agree with uh, what you say in regards to AVT. I think Corey Davis was another one that you uh, you mentioned too. I mean, he came up really, really big in the fourth quarter with a couple of huge, huge catches. The fourth so, down conversion. That was yeah, massive. It was big. I was going to drop it. I'll be honest with you. but You kind of caught the back end of the ball. <laughs> a little bit, but he made the play, man. And honestly, like, that's one of those things, too. Like, I've been, I've been, you know, the Jets finally have some receivers, and it feels like a lot of their plays, like, I, I credit LaFleur, and I really like Michael LaFleur, but a lot of the plays are longer and, and a little bit slower developing. I'd like to, they got big bodies here. I'd like to see some more quick slants and, and stuff like that. They hit a big play to Conklin on, a, on what looked like a read option. Uh, they hit that nice, you know, slant to Corey Davis that you just talked about on, on the fourth down. I mean, get some more of those quick hitters. Start getting Zach Wilson a little bit more of a groove there to, uh, you know, to get things started. I'd like to see a little bit more of that as we, uh, as we progress through the season too. Absolutely. Um, it's just, it's exciting. And I think the frustration with Corey Davis that we have is just that we know he's capable of doing things, but we just feel like it's so many big spots. He's come up short. Yeah. Um, obviously he had a great debut with the jets when he first came onto the team against the Panthers to call two touchdowns. And then it was just very up and down, up and down. He's a good blocker and he is consistent in that regard, but it's, it, it's, he's not a bad football player. And like, the criticism is because we expect more and we're frustrated because they're paying him a decent amount of money. And he's shown with the Titans and that obviously with last year with the Jets that he is capable of doing things. So credit to him. He deserves, you know, all the credit in the world. I hope they do not trade him. I think he has a good rapport with Zach. I remember, I think it was, um, it was Steve Gelbs or uh, maybe Ethan Greenberg, both saying that uh, he was the best receiver, one of them saying he was the best receiver in camp, Mm -hmm. which was very surprising, but it seems like Zach really likes throwing the ball to him. So whatever it takes to win football games, I'm all for it. And I'm just super impressed with what he did. And look, I hope he continues to do it forward, especially the fact he had that really bad penalty against the Bengals, which we both missed because the broadcast was out. So just credit to him and let's just keep getting this good momentum with him going forward. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I think just overall, when you talk about the weapons for the Jets in this game, you you feel good because, listen, Elijah Moore had a couple of really, really big plays in the first half. All Jets fans are we're, we're like chomping at the bit to see Elijah Moore break out, and we kind of thought maybe you'd get it here in that, in that first half because he had – that first of all, the dart to the right sideline to Elijah Moore that Zach hit on third down, like that was just electric. That was awesome. And then he comes back and he hits him again across the middle a couple of plays later. And that was just like, holy shit, you know, now Elijah Moore is going here. Um, Garrett Wilson clearly did not have his best game, ran a few plays short of the sticks, um, had a couple of drops, but then ultimately comes up big uh, in the fourth quarter with that 35 yard gain. Like, and he looked elusive. And I, I kind of love that. And Elijah Moore, man, when he's making his, 
when he's making cuts at with you know with the ball without the ball like he just looks he's slippery but to to know that there's options there and even so like Elijah Moore a big first half but Corey Davis comes up big in the second half I'm looking at the stat sheet right now so Corey with five for 74 and a touchdown Michael Carter right kind of tough tough sledding not getting going but Brees Hall's there to pick it up right Michael Carter gets going a little bit in the passing game Tyler Conklin had a you know good game couple of nice catches big conversion on the uh, on the last drive too so like Man, the Jets have weapons. They have players on offense at their disposal. And I, I just feel like now that Zach's back, it's only going to get better. And this was just as encouraging of a really of a fourth quarter, but of a game um, that you could really, uh, really ask for. Totally. It's just, listen, I, I just want to see more wins. I want to see the momentum. Obviously, one of the big things that we talked about in August and really, I guess, once the season ended is win some division games. First test this week, it's going to be a tough one. Miami, obviously, is a lot of talent. Um, we did get confirmation today that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback who the Jets have obviously seen before. Not only was he a member of the, the team in, I guess, was it the 2018 offseason yeah. when they first got Sam, but obviously they've played against him many times before. Uh, most recently with Denver last year when they when they went there and just laid an egg completely. So they're familiar with him, especially this, this staff and most of the roster. So Listen, at the end of the day, they're at home, which has not actually proven to be any sort of advantage because they haven't won all. It's a disadvantage. It's a disadvantage, but eventually they're going to win the games. You know, it's going to flip at some point. Um, Obviously, Mike McDaniel has shown to be a solid coach so far, probably a really good one, but, you know, it's it's not a starting quarterback. It changes what they do. And, you know, say what you want about Tua. He was also a really good start before he obviously went down and obviously hope he, he's okay and hope that he recovers well. I mean, you know, he's not a rival team, but, at, you know, as a human, you just want people to be okay. And that was a really scary thing to see on that Thursday night game. Um, but, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the two things that really scare me. I feel like Miami has not been able to run the ball. And I think the Jets can contain that. They do have a shaky offensive line. So there is opportunity. There is an opportunity here to have this game. So if you think the Jets are going to win this game, what would be the reason why? What do you, what do you think they need to do to get to this? I think the offense has to keep pace with the Dolphins offense. Yep. I, I, I really think that's it. And honestly, I, um, Tua's having a great year. Uh, he was obviously up until he got hurt. He has proven me wrong, or at least through the Same, first so few far. games, yeah. because I, you know, Historically, it was not a two a believer, um, just like I was not a Josh Allen believer. So maybe I have to reevaluate how I uh, view quarterbacks. But either way, neither here nor there. All right. He's not um, Josh Allen quite yet. So yeah, just, no, no. But I'm just I'm just saying my view of quarterbacks, I think, is uh, is slightly off, judging by those two. Um, but, yeah, I was a uh, I was one of those guys that was like, well, no, you know, now that Bridgewater's in town, he's going to be starting, um, you know, injury or not uh, to two, you know, by let's say midway through the season, week eight, whatever. However, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a backup for a reason, um, you know, so he's not going to light the world on fire, but there are weapons on that, on that Dolphins. For sure. He can Mike, throw and, short passes. Absolutely. Happen. And, and Mike McDaniel um, is a, you know, a good offensive mind and the Jets, you know, I, I have some confidence in the way that the Jets corners and secondary can keep up with these guys. I mean, that team speed is scary guys like Waddle and Tyree kill and, and even Raheem Mostert, you know, now that he's back healthy, that's uh that's a scary threat of speed, but if the Jets offense can kind of keep pace, um, I think that you can keep Teddy Bridgewater in check enough to maybe outscore them. Um, but I just, 
I don't know. We'll get into predictions, man. I, there's a lot of things swirling around Miami right now. And there's a lot of things that are going on and, and stuff being talked about and, and what's happening with that Tua injury and who's at fault and who should be fired and all that. Even though with 10 days to prepare, you know, again, uh, even though the Steelers just had that, but um, I, I just feel like things may kind of tee up in the Jets' favor here. It, it's kind of funny when you think about it because the trend is the teams that are coming off the Thursday night games have not fit, fared well. Yeah. Both the Steelers and the Browns lost. Yeah. I was just surprising. The week before, both the Chiefs and the Chargers lost. It's it's weird. So, I, listen, I'm not saying that that necessarily means anything, but sometimes when you're not in the rhythm of the normal week, it does throw you off. I think the actual buy helps a lot because it's, it's really good for recovery for players. But mm. what the trend has been is teams coming off Thursday night haven't looked good. So. Yeah. Let's obviously see what happens. There's a, there's a lot of you know football to be played, but for me, the key is, is how is Salah going to match up against McDaniel? Those two know each other very well. They both coach in San Francisco together. Obviously, McDaniel was the offensive coordinator when Salah was obviously with the Jets last year, and before like, he was the run game coordinator for quite some time. So it's interesting because you can you can sell yourself on one having the advantage or the other because they know each other, but obviously one team is going to hopefully win because there could be a tie. Um, Cause you know, a tie would just be chaos. And I don't think the Jets have ever tied anybody, which would be really funny if it happened with this a game. a long time. I think. Yeah. Early on. So yeah. the, my, my point is, it's just that who, who is going to have the leg up in that matchup because they know each other and McDaniel was being really complimentary. He's like one of his favorite guys he's ever coached with. They're going to do that. Play that song and dance. Um, but for me, Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Oh, my God. I can't even say it. But my point is, is that their offensive line is shaky. Toronto Armstead's very good, but obviously, you know, he's a little bit older. He gets banged up a lot. The rest of their offensive line has not been great. Um, so that's an opportunity for the Jets. We obviously said the same thing going to the Bengals game. You know, cook against that crappy offensive line and you have a shot. We didn't see it. But I do think what you're seeing from Quentin Williams, what you're seeing from Carl Lawson. He had a, uh, I think he did have a sack as well. Just everybody as a whole. And even Bryce up, we were clamoring for last week. Thank you very much for making him active. You see what happens. Good things happen. He had like a 33%, uh, I think, win rate, according to Mm -hmm. Joan Connor. I forgot. I'm like seven snaps. Keep playing him. He's good at his job, even though it's in small quantities. So if they could do that, I see a pass to them winning this game. So we're going to go into predictions. I'm going to allow you to go first. Uh, I haven't actually made up my mind, so I'm going to do it right here on the spot. So what do you got? Yeah, I, um, you know what, screw it. I think the Jets get a signature win here. Like I, I just said it. I think that there's a lot going on with the Dolphins right now. I think that absolutely has to be a distraction, but I think this is finally the time where the Jets take advantage and kind of ride this momentum and actually get a signature win. So I'm going to say Jets get a big W, and finally get the get rid of the monkey on their back of division losses. They get a win in the division. They beat the Dolphins 27 to 14. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I'm, listen, I'm not a believer in I, I, Teddy Bridgewater is a fine quarterback, but I think the Jets can keep him in check. And I just had I just have this feeling. I, it's, there's nothing else there. I've been proven wrong before. Maybe I'm trying to ride this a little too far. I don't know. Positive, positive vibes only. But uh, I just have a feeling. I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think we're due. And I think it's the, the, the turning of the tide from this week and kind of the things that should have gone against the Jets that normally do that, uh, that went in our favor. Maybe it's a changing of the guard. So I'm just kind of riding that positive wave. Okay. Okay. So I'm going on the other end of the spectrum. 
I'm going to say the Jets do lose, but it's going to be a very good game, a very entertaining game, not a game that we're just going to be super angry about because, you know, they were uncompetitive or they just refused to, you know, do anything on offense at home. I think the Jets are going to lose 28 to 27, very close game throughout punches are being thrown. I think Zach has another good game. I, sorry, not going to say another game. He's going to have a good game. He's going to build on his fourth quarter performance and turn that into more, more like three quarters rather than one good quarter. I think he's going to throw at least two touchdowns. I think he's going to complete roughly 65% of his passes. And I think he's actually going to get to 300 yards. I also think he'll have about 20 yards rushing. I think they're going to try to do some more design runs for him because it is something that he is good at. But ultimately, I think that there will be some mistakes made, whether it's a penalty, a turnover on them. It could be a fumble. I think Elijah is actually going to finally break out. We've been asking for it. I think Zach is going to get his guys some touches. And we do remember last year when they played Miami at home is when Elijah really, really took off with Joe Flacco. And I think he's going to repeat that and he's going to score a touchdown this week. So 28-27 Miami, but we're going to feel really good about this because it's a division game where they were in the game the whole time and they had a chance, but they just came up short. And two and three, not not the best, but obviously not the worst. So I feel good, but I need to see the consistency before I'm going to pick them to go on a uh, two-game winning streak. No, I, I agree. I think uh, you got to go back to two. Like, you know, these both of these teams have changed quite a bit since last year. Um, yeah. And I think for the better, obviously. But the Jets played the Dolphins tough twice. They last do. Year. And, and that's why know, I don't think this is going to be a game where they get like, you know, they don't show up. I, I think. Yeah. I think they lose, but I think they they did play the Dolphins tough both games last year, despite the fact that Joe Flacco playing and, you know, Zach was okay. Remember he had that crazy play when it yes. was like uh, like a lateral back to him and he was just scrambling all around. And then he eventually yes. throws it. I think it was to Ryan Griffin, which, you know, yeah, that was really fun. But yeah, wait, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. I just, I think that's, that, that's what you, what I kind of come back to is that these are two very different teams from what they were a year ago. Um, but ultimately the Jets played them tough last year uh, twice and really had chances to win the game. They so. did. Um, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I really, I, I'm, I'm choosing to, to Oh, did I just stop? No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, I'm choosing to believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the positivity here is moving in the right direction and that this Pittsburgh game, like I think it should have after that Cleveland game, maybe this Pittsburgh game is the thing that is uh, moving us in the right direction. Yeah. And there's, there's reason to believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. I just need to see it on a consistent basis before I'm going to continuously pick them to win games. I mean, look, the evidence here is they haven't won a home game and they really weren't competitive in either of their home games so far. So I need to see it before I believe it, which is the only fair thing. Um, but I also think there is more opportunity for them to get wins that maybe when the schedule came out, we didn't think they could. Yeah. One to Green Bay is tough, but the Patriots nearly took down the Packers with a third string rookie quarterback. So it's not impossible. And I think just they haven't been overly impressive this year. I mean, I know they I think they have three wins, but they can be beat. I'm yeah. just saying it's not impossible. Rodgers hasn't been as sharp as he usually is. I mean, obviously he still has some crazy plays. I mean, I think the Denver game is a lot easier than anyone could have thought, especially now that Javante Williams actually yes. is out for the season with the 20 ACL. That changes everything. Melvin yep. Gordon is not nearly the running back he used to be when he was with the Chargers. So that makes a difference. And then obviously New England, who 
is sitting behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, you, you know, most of us, I don't think any of us really expected the Jets to be two and two coming out of this, these first four games. We all hope for it. We said, if you want to be a serious team and be in that, I actually expected it. And you could go on the receipts. I did say, I'm listen, I'm with you. I was, I was hopeful they could get to two and two, but I wasn't necessarily expecting it. But if you realistically say you want to get in the hunt in, you know, late November, early December, you got to get to four and five before the buy. So you're, most likely looking at winning, you know, two of these games, Dolphins, Broncos, the Dolphins at Broncos versus Pats right there. Those, you got to win two of those three. Cause yeah, the Packers look beatable, right. But you're also at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. Like that's going to be a tough task. And then against the bills uh, right before the bye week on November 6th. So we'll, we'll keep this in mind. They're coming back from London, which could be, you know, okay. a little bit of a lag. Yeah, I'm just saying that, those are things to think about when you're you, you could get the team at the right time. I know that's something big that Joe and Connor always say. Sometimes that matters. It does. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. Um, but that's the thing is let's let's get to four and five. So I think realistically, you got to say the Jets got to steal two of these games um, versus the Dolphins at Denver or versus the Patriots. That's where you got to take two of those three. I think if you want to get to four and five and be serious in the you know quote unquote softer part of the schedule down the stretch. Listen, the Jets are much better than people thought so far, two and two. I mean, you look at teams in the AFC that are behind them. You have the Texans, you have the Colts, you have the Raiders. I mean, the Colts and Raiders were people thought were legitimate playoff contenders, not looking at it so far. I mean, I know the Raiders finally got on the, the win column beating the Broncos. I mean, to me, like the AFC West was supposed to be this like gauntlet of a division. I mean, the Chiefs to me are the best team in the conference. I think they're actually better than Buffalo. I've been really impressed with them. Buffalo is second best, but you can make an argument for them to be number one. I, I think the Chargers are good, but I don't think they – I don't love Brandon Staley. So, like, they're – I mean, Justin Herbert's amazing. But they have a lot of injuries. Joey Bosa is out for a while. Rashawn Slater's out for a while. I mean – and Herbert's been playing hurt. He has, like, broken ribs or whatever it is. So, it's just – you don't know what you don't know. And you, you assume based on results of last year. You assume based on on-paper off-season acquisitions – and listen, why not? Like you said, if you take two of those games that you just mentioned, you're in a much better spot than you ever could have hoped going towards your bye week. So at the end of the day, I'm happy this is where we are. I think there's a lot to build on. I think the young guys are getting valuable reps, valuable experience, especially in these crucial late game situations. Listen, they're two close games. They won them. The two games they, that weren't close, they didn't win. So figure out a way to blow out a team and continue to win close games. And then you're going to be in a really good spot. There you go. Well said. (laughs) Any closing thoughts, my friend? No, man. I, uh, it's just so much more enjoyable to talk about wins and and being, being two and two in in early October. um, It's just a lot more fun. And I think, you know, going back, if you listen to the way that we, uh, the roller coaster that has been this, this young season is, is pretty insane. Um, but it's been fun thus far. I mean, the two, uh, the two losses weren't exactly fun and I was definitely cursing everyone out, but it's just good to get a couple of wins and actually look and say, you know what? I mean, that's, that's the fun part is kind of looking at these next, 
you know, five, six games and saying, okay, how do we get to four and five? Like, how do we get ourselves to that? Like to actually have that realistic thought, that's, that's exactly why we do this. That's when it's fun to talk about football. That's when it's fun to talk about this team. Um, so let's just hope that at least the competitiveness uh, continues and, and that we're just in games and, uh, and talk, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about the what ifs and, uh, and you know, in the hunt if, exactly, in November, if, if these things shake draft. out, I mean, cause in reality, you're talking about what two, you know, you win two of the next five, get yourself to, to four and five and get yourself in the conversation. That's all we want. Yeah. I, I just want to set my condolence to you for the Mets. I am a Yankee fan. <sighs> you couldn't have it all, but like, I know you're a bigger Jets fan than Mets fan, so you were really happy correct, about it. But correct. man, what, what, a, what a buzz kill. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really. You're taking the win out of my sails there. I'm a <laughs> self-admitted Fairweather Mets fan. It's Listen, I am diehard for the Jets. It's much easier to be, uh, you know, a fan of something when there's only, you know, 17, uh, 17 games in a season you can devote yourself to. 162 games is a lot, but man, when the Mets are, uh, are good, you know, like they have been this year, I get obviously get a lot more into it, but, uh, man, to, to go a three game series against the Braves with your top three pitchers and get swept. That was, uh, that's rather deflating, but even so you can't take the wind out of my sails after that Jets W man, I was jacked just up. Kidding. Listen, my Knicks, they're, they're going to be tipping off in a couple of weeks. I am super excited for hey, that. Look at that. Yeah. I, it's funny. People don't actually know this. I mean, you know this, but I am a, I like low key might be a bigger Knicks fan than Jets fan, but obviously I don't do Jet Knicks stuff other than just tweeting about Emmanuel quickly all the time <laughs> <laughs> and RJ Barrett. But um, yeah, I mean, I love the Knicks, you know, anyone ever wants to tweet at me about the Knicks. I will talk to you about them forever. I wanted Donovan Mitchell, but Max Mitchell ended up being the Mitchell that I really needed in my life. That was an A-plus tweet from you. (laughs) I hope hope that he gets well soon. I really would like to see him on the field. He's been really impressive, and he was having a good game up until he went down in Pittsburgh, so it sucks. But um, like like we say every week on this show, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Whether you listen, whether you watch, we appreciate you. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, uh, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, turn the Jets live. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash TurnerJetsTV. Um, and then as always, and I'm proud to say that the Patreon is continuing to grow for our, our buddies, Connor and Joe, and Steven and I contribute some writing uh, every week. Um, make sure if you want that premium Jets content to subscribe uh, to Badlands. It's awesome. Connor and Joe just have great, you know, really truthful analysis of the team. And they just really get so passionate and they're just really refreshing to listen to. If you're looking for that post-game reaction, if you're looking for that film room study, kind of shout out to Dan Eason. He's done, he did an amazing job last week with the film. I love watching and hearing him talk about defensive line play. Um, also subscribe to the turn of the jets pod, our, our old feed. So you can catch Will. He's been killing it as always. Uh, draft season is coming back. So our guys over there, you got um, Meigs, you got Dylan, you got uh, James, and then you got um, you got Joe Bellick. Dalvin will occasionally make his appearances on that show, but it's he's passed the torch. He will also be on our show later this month, so we're super excited about that. Uh, thanks, everybody, again for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week.